You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds. Well, without the computers. Talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Another off-season edition as we wind our way through October watching a World Series without the Phillies in it, sadly. We'll get into all that, the Manny Machado of it all. But first, of course, I'm James Seltzer. Let me welcome in my co-host, future radio superstar. If you're not busy on Halloween, check out my guy doing his first show on WIP, the one and only Mr. Jack Fritz. Fritzy! Listen, uh, I'm going to open the show. We're going to talk a lot about J.D. Davis. We'll get into J.D. Davis later. I'm thinking oh, oh, I'm thinking yeah. a whole two hours on how the Phillies should pursue J.D. Davis. It's a winning show. I think so. I think it's what people want to tune into. And listen, uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous, but I also want the city of Philadelphia and people surrounding it to understand that this is the next 40 years of your life. <laughs> like, like this is... He is not lacking for confidence, folks. It's like, it's like listen, you're going to be listening to the big dog over here for the next 40 years of your life, so you might as well start listening on Wednesday night. You know, a lot of you probably have kids out there. It's going to be your first Halloween. Listen, frankly, no one cares about your kids. Listen into oh, listen into WIP for uh, what some are saying the most important radio show in the last some mm, are two years, three yeah, years. Yeah, I think so. Some are. Uh, here's the thing: you don't want to not be the one who doesn't remember that first Jack Fritz show forty years down the line. Correct. When you're when telling he's your kids winning about Marconi awards and all right, that. and when you're when you're bouncing your grand- I was there when Jack Fritz took the air for the first time. When you're bouncing your grandkid on your knee, you can say. <laughs> Do you remember oh, the Jack Fritz's first show? He died today. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, support our guy. Support Fritzy. And um, if you have any Phillies things you want to talk about, please, because I do not want to talk about the Eagles for four hours. I would love to talk some Phillies. Well, so. that's the beautiful thing about the IOPS podcast. That's what we do here. We talk about the most most important team in Philly. Yeah, no it. one cares about the Eagles that yeah, much. Yeah, screw the Eagles. <laughs> Thank you for the Super Bowl. All right, let's dive in, Fritzy. A lot to talk about. We got some great questions coming up, but... Um, obviously, let's start with the World Series. We're going to get into Manny Machado in a second, but thoughts on the World Series? Just to start, obviously, only one game in, but how, how you feeling about old Dodgers-Red Sox? I think I think if the Dodgers had any chance of winning the series, they should have won that game last night um, because you have Price tonight, and I think the Red Sox, I think the, the Dodgers have a good chance against Price. Listen, first off, I'm, I, I hate David Price. Like, I, I've always hated... I long have. I've this always hated long, David Price. Like, a long-held Jack Fritz <laughs> take here. And... So I bet on the Astros last series, and I bet on them in the game that he shoved. 
And of course, it was like this freaking guy. <laughs> Worst case scenario. For this you. freaking guy who's won one playoff game in his entire freaking career and has an over, ERA over six in the playoffs, like comes out for the first time in his entire career, finds a freaking changeup, which he's never had. And the Astros, who I thought were a machine, get shut down by David Price. I did too, for what it's worth. I, I thought, thought the they Astros. were a machine. I, like, not but, unbeatable, but like kind of unbeatable. And you know what was interesting is that, like, Watching the watching the Astros, I was like, "Who am I really afraid of on this team besides Springer, Altuve, and Bregman?" Like, I was I was shocked. Yeah, that- it's like you're Marwin Gonzalez playing while you're like Mar- Tyler White, guys like that. It's not as scary as you and think it is. When I was watching the Indian series, I was like, "Wow, they look like a juggernaut." But really, it's those three guys, and then like Marwin Gonzalez, who was was biting on every single curveball, mm-hmm. and uh, like Yuli Gurriel's a fine player. McCann just has no pop left. I don't even know why they play him anymore. Um, and it was leader, just, it, man. yeah, it was just a bunch of guys, <laughs> and like I was surprised by how much the Red Sox just throttled that team. Yeah, they were by far the better team. It wasn't even close. Ah, God, I don't want the Red Sox to win the World Series again, Jack. Yeah, but it's cool though. No, what? No, no, no. But it's, oh, 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 it's cool. Oh, it's cool. It's cool having. Uh, games at Fenway Park again. I agree. Like, big big time games. Like, I love cold weather baseball. If there's one thing I can watch the rest of my life, it's cold weather baseball because like there's just something different about it. Like the ball doesn't travel as much. I like seeing guys at the battle of the elements blowing their hands. Like it's just like that's playoff baseball. And like in Boston, in Fenway Park, like I just felt like it was such a great moment for baseball. And it was Kershaw versus Sale. Oh yeah. And it was great. I love World Series games at Fenway Park. Like I, I know everyone hates the Red Sox, whatever. I love the 04 Red Sox. Like the Red Sox. Yeah, me too. I think we all love the 04 Red Sox. It's just, it's a, just... Sh- it's a shame this bullshit run yes. that Boston's been on for the last. Ruined everything. It really has. Because in 04, I mean, like up until that point, with, of course, in my lifetime, the Phillies never winning a World Series, obviously, until 2008. In 2004, that was one of my great baseball moments just because yeah. I hated the Yankees. Like, my Yankees hate is so deep and so passionate that up until the Phillies, obviously the 93 Phillies were, were right there, but up until the Phillies won the World Series, two of my three or four greatest baseball moments was the 04 Red Sox coming back against the Yankees and Luis Gonzalez hitting that little blooper up the middle to beat the Yankees in Game 7. I hate the fucking Yankees, but... Now I hate the Red Sox, and it's a shame, because I used to like them, and I don't. But I'm with you at Playoff Baseball Fenway. It'd be nice to see a Game 7 that they lose there. I'm down with that. That's cool. The, the Dodgers, like... It, Kershaw is such a bummer, man. I just want that guy to go out and dominate in a World Series he's got a, He's got a 4-5 ERA in, in the postseason. Which, like... And I don't want to... I don't... I, I want to see I want to see Clinton Kershaw succeed so bad in I, It's the all I want. I desperately want it. But I think his... It kind of feels like oh! it... Oh, there he is. Look at this guy walking in. Fuck you guys. You just do the podcast now and don't even ask me because I'm never available. But, well, it's, fu- it's, but it's fuck your you guys. Fault. Come hang out with us. Why don't you, you should shirk your afternoon show and come hang out with us. Jack Fritz is by far the biggest star to come on the Philly radio scene. We were just and, talking about that. He said. I don't know how long. His line to people, we, we were hyping up his show, his solo show coming up, and he said, get ready for the next 40 years of your life. That's yeah, what he said. Yeah, he said, it, "Get you got it. You got you want to miss the show because then you 40, weren't there in the next forty years when Jack Fritz is everything." 64. Well, I'll, I'll say this: that that I've already lost my fastball and I'm just about to turn forty two. Uh, there's, no, <laughs> there's a noticeable difference with me from my thirties, and I think kids do that to you too. But you're gonna like that won't be you at all because nothing's going to change you. You're Jack. You're nothing could change. Never. Jack he he feels so comfortable when he's with his wife. The yep. most genuine in his yes, life. Yes. When he's with his wife, 
I'm scared well, to after, death when I'm with my wife. After high school, after his baseball skills got refined in high school, that's was, what I heard. It, it was. It's. <laughs> I I would have bet my life that the the baseball was being referenced like that when he sprouted to being six one. Oh yeah, and and he went from just being bus friends to being real friends. That was a beautiful thing, you know. Yeah. Because they were just bus friends before, and she was really nice, and I, I liked her. <laughs> Philly.com, by the way. No, you no, check dude, no, you are, you are Jack. Congratulations. You are, you're literally my hero. You are. I'm, I'm serious, man. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I am too. And, um, and you deserve it. There's no, there's no other way around it. They, they could have brought somebody else in and said, hey, let's give this guy the show. But it, I think the audience that's used to hearing you and Joe will be much more willing to tune in or stay because you're there. So congratulations. And uh, I'll be listening in between giving out candy yeah, and buddy. taking the kids uh, out. So, so I have nothing to say about the Phillies either right now. No, no neither do we. We're talking about the World Series. <laughs> There's nothing did to you say. Watch last night? Did, did you watch last night? I didn't watch the end, but I was flipping back and forth with the Sixers. The, the Red Sox, I've never seen a manager do everything right like Cora's been yeah, doing. Yeah, he's the, been a white this hot, year. man. White hot. So they'll probably fall apart next year because there'll be a fight or something. But Cora is a stud and a star, and the Dodgers have no chance. Oh, wow. I like that. Sox and five. God, it's Sox so it's so annoying, though. It's, uh, I'm tired of the Sox. I will say, like, one of the one of the reads I had wrong with the Astros series was that um, I thought the Red Sox bullpen was going to fall apart. And I understand Matt Barnes has been good, and the guy who, like— I Brazier, like he looks like he mm-hmm. looks like he just always is about to sneeze. Yep, <laughs> like, totally see that. Like he's just he's a real odd looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cora's ability to um bring in Porcello, bring in Evaldi was something I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Porcello's it, been great. Porcello's been really and Evaldi. I mean, like yeah. hundred and one. Well, it, he's. I mean, Evaldi makes more sense there. I mean, Evaldi, you could see, you know, if you didn't think Evaldi was going to be a, a a starter. You could, I mean, that guy was a lock to be a it just, reliever. It feels, it feels so, stuff. it feels good to be dead right about Nathan Evaldi. You've been long, long <laughs> on the Nathan Evaldi bandwagon. You have long been on the Nathan. I know, Evaldi I know. I was thinking about, I was thinking about things I was right about and things I was wrong about. And, in, and when it comes to pitching, I was then, wondering if you would actually admit that there were things you were wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold there, up. There Got is, it. Yes, there yes, is. Yes, yes. So I was thinking dead right about Nathan. Ev- I was trying to, I was trying to assess my Pavetta because it was either going to be he's Nathan Evaldi. Or he's Ethan Martin. Oh no, not Ethan Martin. I loved Ethan Martin, oh, man. No. I was a, he did a nasty splitter, man. He should have been better than he was. It should have um, been better than he was. Um, also, on my refined baseball skills, I just want to say, yeah. For those who don't know, that was the <laughs> Philly dot com article yeah. about Jack and Jill. Yeah, check I mean, it out if you have time. It's certainly worth your read. It's a it's a good read, and it's maybe the sappiest read. It's a good read. So what do you want me to say, man? <laughs> we got a long story, and she asked about every freaking question. Okay, <laughs> and great. also you're critiquing you're critiquing not only first grade Jack, which like what am I supposed to say? Like in first grade, deep. I thought she was cute, and I thought she was funny, and I thought she was nice. What do you mean to say? Okay? And then you're critiquing middle school Jack, who was in a very weird transition in his life, <laughs> where I had I was good at baseball, not great at baseball. I was good. I had seven solos in the middle school choir. So Oh, yeah, you're a singer. Who do, so Before we were recording, Jack asked me if I'd seen a Star is Born, and he's like, well, first of all, I don't really like movies. Weird take. Second of all, he's like, I love singing. I'm like, what are you talking about you love singing? You love singing. Yeah, well, here's the thing, is that I convince myself i am being dead serious i could go on the voice and sing uh 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 what the freaking song is it oh drops of jupiter i uh-huh. could go on i could go on the voice and sing drops of jupiter and 1000 percent get in the turn their oh, chairs around really yeah i've never been more confident in anything guy. in my life 
I would get them to turn around. Give us a little drop. No, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> but refined baseball skills. I went from five eight to six one. Got in good shape. Fastballs up to 81 miles an hour, and the rest is history. Jill was like stud, stud. Yeah. And then I wasn't and a complete. Sing, and know, I wasn't so a complete loser anymore. You can sing lullabies. I, to I her stopped. At night. I stopped being in the choir and started focusing on pitching. And that's where I. Uh, it's where I really turned into me. So you could have been on The Voice, you could have been a star, but now you're just doing a radio show at 6 o'clock on right. Halloween. And Got people it. are looking forward to the next 40 years of their life. Right. Maybe we'll get some drops of Jupiter at some point. <laughs> All right. Sox and baseball. Um, World Series we discussed. I'm with you. I, I would say Red Sox in six. I don't feel great about it. I think they probably win it back at home. But regardless, I hope the Dodgers win. I hope we're wrong. Yeah, it's just like the, the Dodgers just... I've watched them this whole postseason, and there just seems like there's something off there. Mm-hmm. And it's like the staff's been okay. I, what what do you think about Hinch and Ryu? Two hey, years? Uh, look. Two years, 20 million? I'm a big Ryu fan. He's clearly super talented. Love that he's a lefty. Always they, hurt. That's what, yeah, always hurt. Always hurt. I, I know. mean, it's like the first stretch of like two months he's put together. And look in, in what years. he's done. He has like a 190. He's been amazing. I know. But it sucks. It sucks. I can't. I mean, a year. I'd give him a year for sure. I would one. Of course. I'll take a shot on Avaldi. Would you give a three year deal to Avaldi? Three years, 50 million to Avaldi. No. 28? He's 28? All right, maybe. For the 101? Maybe. I would consider it. I like. I think Evaldi has upside. It's crazy. Evaldi's gone from a guy that like was looking maybe at a one-year deal. And to now, someone who's going to get paid. He's going to get three years. Yeah. Right? And I think- Look, uh, what's his name? Freaking can't throw a strike out in a- Tyler Chatwood got four years, 50, whatever uh, million. We're not going to bring up Tyler Chatwood. No, nope, That's we're a not. sensitive moment for both of us. <laughs> yeah, we both for a whole hell on that guy. <laughs> that didn't work. And guess who signed him? Yeah, Theo! The fraud Theo. Oh, God. All right, Manny Machado, we got to talk about this. Yes. This has all happened since the last time you and I talked on this show. First and foremost, let's start with the not my cup of tea. So uh, if, for those who haven't heard, Manny Machado comes out and basically – when asked about not hustling down to first base, says, I'm not that guy. I'm not Johnny Hustle. It's not my cup of tea. Those remarks didn't go over well in Philadelphia, Jack. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> um, I could just, I could, I couldn't wait to hear what Angela was going to oh say. God, it was like, right. It was almost like Manny was like, Angela, I got you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. say this for you so yeah. you can just have fun. Give me that. Go, um, go crazy. So, as Jack Buck would say, go crazy. So, so when it happened and. Like it's not even the the hustle thing. It is frustrating that he's not he's not going to hustle in the playoffs. Like it just seems of all times, right? I know it's like it's and, like yeah. Look, I get it. 162 games is a long season. That's why I'm always the, I get it when people don't hustle. Like I I would love if everyone Mike Trout and you're not and even Mike Trout I'm sure doesn't hustle every single play. But I would love if guys do that. It's not realistic. If you're down ten nothing and it's August 30th and you've played. 120 straight days or whatever it is. Like, I get it. It happens. But like you said, Jack, I mean, it's playoffs. I know. And he was just so smug about it. Such a jerk about it. I know. I know. And it didn't, it really didn't sit well with me. And then he spiked uh, Jesus Aguilar. Oh, God. What a Bush League move that was. And, you know, it's just like I was watching him. I was like, do I really, do I really trust giving this guy 10 years, $300 million? And it made me, it made me think like, I don't think he's a winning player. I don't know if he can win with Manny Machado. Like, it just doesn't... I mean, he's batting cleanup in the World Series. He right is. Now. And he's had a great playoffs from an offensive perspective. I understand. For what it's worth. And played pretty solid defense. By the well. way, uh, the Dodgers have made him in, uh, into a good defender. A great defender, using, yeah. Using it's, analytics. They, they, uh, he's been great. They were like... Because the Orioles never told him where to play. Uh, of course not. They were just like, Dad, go out there and play shortstop. Figure it out. The, 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 the Dodgers were like... 
No, we have this pitcher. He likes pitch here. Stand there. Yeah, and he's been shockingly way better defensively. It's like it's crazy. I do. I do hate though. I do hate the one-handed like. Me too. When his, his hands aren't together, when he, it's know. just it's it's a pet fundamentals. Beat. Um, but then he grabbed his crotch in Milwaukee. Oh yeah, he did. And I have really enjoyed the Manny Machado heel turn. It's great. He's <laughs> such an asshole, and he doesn't care. He's like, come at me, Milwaukee. I know, and he's doing the same thing in Boston now. Good for him. I know. Uh, here's here's my. Take on it. Uh, I would still give him three hundred million dollars. I have said from the beginning. We both have. I think you might have actually said Machado first, while I was yelling for Harper. But we have both changed for, my for take. a while. Been on the the Harper over Machado take, and I feel incredibly strongly about that for all the reasons I said before, and just as much now. But if Bryce Harper wants to go play for someone else and you can't get him, I'd still pay Manny Machado. My biggest issue is not the the content of what he's saying it's not that he's saying he's not gonna hustle or whatever because whatever i hate that it's not my style but he is an amazing hitter an amazing player my issue is with the pure stupidity to actually say that out loud i mean how dumb can you be man like what is so that bothers me i'm worried he might be an idiot that's my big issue with manny machado again i'd still pay him i don't know if i feel great about it i'm hoping you can get him cheaper you know, maybe maybe it knocks a little bit of the price tag off. All it takes is one team, though. But so, would you still give him three hundred million dollars? Yeah, and I, I and or I, whatever it takes to get him, can theoretically in that range, whatever. What worries me is that there's been a couple of Heyman reports about how the Phillies might the Phillies might be the only team that's willing that to go three hundred million dollars, and. That's not. I don't great. like that. Don't, don't be. Don't be. You know, betting or fighting against yourself for it. You know, right? And like, I don't like the idea that they're the team that's going to go all out for Manny Machado, whereas all these other teams are kind of like, yeah, we'll take them. I don't know if we're going to kill ourselves for them. You yeah. know, I agree. I don't. That doesn't sit too well with me. However, he's Manny Machado. He's and Manny Machado. He's Manny Machado. He's batting cleanup in the World Series. But right it, now. Well, the other thing is, like, I'm trying to think of like, the general Philadelphia. And like, I don't think he cares. The one thing, the one thing that bothers me is I don't think he cares about like I know not caring what fans think doesn't really matter, but I don't think he cares about what city he goes to. Like, I agree. He only with you. cares about money. Which well, I, I don't... think we're seeing that. I mean, look, I, to have to not care enough to say that out loud to a reporter to anybody. I mean, that is it is. I I can't even explain it. It's so stupid. I know, and it's just so careless. And it's I hope his agent. Slapped him in the head after I was like, "Moron, what are you doing?" Like, and I don't, I don't think much. I don't think Harper would ever do that. No, like, Harper, I think Harper would love to play in front of the fans here. I agree. I think Harper feeds off it. I think Harper cares about that type of thing. And look, Harper just plays harder. I mean, Harper, Harper is a Johnny Hustle guy. It's just who he is. That dude wants to win desperately at all costs, and yep. and that's what we love here. And look, there is no question Bryce Harper is the prize of this free agent class, and it has just been made more and more apparent with the playoffs. Yeah, and. Uh, I was thinking today, and not, I was thinking like last week when this, this all went down, I would almost rather punt this offseason, get Harper. Well, not punt, obviously. I'd rather just go all in on Harper, mm-hmm. not try to get both, and, and then sign like Arenado next year. I would, I would love that. I mean, you know, Nolan Arenado's my guy. And Aaron, Aaron, I've been upset. Arenado's a team guy. Arenado sucked it up in Colorado for years on bad teams, and he said, hey, I want to win. They finally made a little bit of a commitment, try and put a bolt spin together for him. They go to the playoffs this year. Nolan Arenado is the best defensive third baseman in baseball. He's one of the what best hitters in baseball. The home road splits are not nearly as worrisome as some people make them out to be. The power is real either place. 
I love Nolan Arenado. I think I would rather go all out on Harper, try whatever I can to get him, not worry about going after Machado and then going after Arenado next year or even Rendon next year. I, I'm, I support that plan. Jack I think both Ritz. are. I, like Arenado, to me, is a guy that like lives and dies with baseball. I agree. And, and wants to win no you matter what. You can see what. it in the way he plays. Yep. It's, so is Bryce Harper. And, the, and ultimately... I, just want, I want a team full of guys. Like I don't want to sound too old school or whatever, but like I want guys... Who who want to win the world? Like, want, want, like totally. I just don't. When I watch Manny Machado, I don't think he cares about winning. I think yep. he cares about getting paid, numbers, paid, whatever. And and Ray Didinger actually on the midday show last week was talking about the Art Machado thing, and he said that he had spoken to a, I can't remember if it was an agent or he a, said a scout. Scout, that's what it was. And he said that he had real questions about after he got paid if if he would care with Manny Machado. And he's like Bryce Harper will care. Bryce Harper wants to win no matter what. Yep. And ultimately, just to. On an even more, it's not, like you said, it doesn't matter ultimately how they interact with the fans. You want it to be good, but you also just want to win. It would be nice if we could get a guy who's a Philly guy. And Bryce Harper's a Philly guy. Yeah. He's the well, type even of guy though, who we will love Even here. though people think he's not a Philly I guy? I don't get that at all. It's, like, it's just because he's a national. That's it. And they're like, oh, I hate that dude. And because he's on Sports Illustrated at 16 and all that hey, stuff. Yeah, guess why? Because he's fucking awesome. I know. That's why he was on Sports Illustrated when he was 16. Because he was the LeBron of baseball and it actually happened. Sort Other of. than Mike Trout. Well, yeah. he's not he's as not. good as LeBron. But you know what I mean. Right. You know what I mean. Um, um, and who knows? He's 26. He's 26 years old. And he's a free agent. This is unheard of type stuff. So I know. I, I'm with you. If I'm the Phillies, my my number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, whatever you want to say, priority this offseason is sign price. Yeah. And I, I, just, I just want guys that I know are there to win. And I just, I don't fully trust that Manny Machado is here to win a World Series. And I, I think... If I'm identifying free agents, guys I'm prioritizing, I'm prioritizing Harper and I'm prioritizing Nolan Arenado next year. Because I think those are guys that are here to win big. And I just don't trust that Manny Machado is that guy. That is the new official platform of the High Ups Podcast. All right, Fritzy, you asked for some questions. We got some questions. You got anything else in the World Series or on uh, any takes you want to get out there real quick? About the World Series? Or just baseball takes before we get to the uh, questions? I don't think Dave Roberts is a good manager. I don't know what to think of Dave Roberts. And look, it's one of those things where the Dodgers are so, um, you know, everything they do from the top down is in unison. You know what I mean? Dave Roberts is doing what Andrew Friedman wants him to do, what the front office wants him to do. They're all working together. So it's hard to tell what is Dave Roberts' decisions and what are organizational decisions. Yep. But I agree with you. He doesn't seem great in the moment. Yeah, and like last night's decision to pull Baez and, and go you. to Alex Wood, um, and it was a smart move by, it was a risky move really mm-hmm. by by Alex Cora to take out um, Rafael Devers who has been like a machine in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Really, you know, he's killing his fantasy value next year because he's going to go way higher and I wanted, I, to, I wanted to target him later. It's a bummer. I know. because twenty guys do that. He's like your classic, your classic down year after a breakout year. Of course year, he is. Comes it's back Xander and, Bogarts after that first year and then you, everyone drafts him in the second, third round and then he stinks. Yep. Alright, uh, uh, first one from P. Gunther. Uh, sti- P. Gun! <laughs> stick with me. Uh, if you could have signed either one at age 25 for 7 to 10 years, would you have picked Ken Griffey Jr. or Adrian Beltre? Ooh, that's a really fun question. I yeah, mean, because most people would say Ken Griffey Jr. Immediately, but you also have to think about the fact that Griffey did get hurt, and Adrian Beltre has been a long, you know, you, you would have that guy for the next, what do you say, age 25? So you have Adrian Beltre for the next 15 years 
contributing every single year, putting up numbers for you, playing a premium defensive position. I'll still say Ken Griffey Jr. because those years before he got hurt were so special. When did he start getting hurt? Like mid-30s, early to mid-30s. Okay, know? so it's seven to ten years. So you get... Seven to ten years. So, so you, you get would, you ten, would miss the end of it. I forgot seven to ten years part of that. So you, so. Get, ten, you get ten great years of Beltre. Yeah. You get... Five elite years from Griffey and then exactly. five hit or miss years. I think, and I think the eliteness of those years makes me go Griffey. But it's a it's a really fun hypothetical. And then he says, uh, "I'll i take Beltre just because I like longevity." Yeah. Um, now pretend you're the Phillies. You're a Phillies fan, which I mean, we are Phillies fans. That's why we're here. Yeah, we don't have to pretend for that one. <laughs> um, uh, apply the hustle factor. Is this stay away from a shadow crowd? That serious? Thanks. So is he trying to say that he's asking? Griffey... If, no, no, he's just asking. This is a second two part. Okay, because I was like Griffey hustled. I don't think no, no, there's no, no, ever no, no. a no. It's a two part question. The second part of the question is now pretend you're a Phillies fan. Imply the hustle factor. Is this stay away from a shadow crowd that serious? Which we basically just all talked we about. just talked about. Yeah. yeah, no, we both would still sign Manny Machado though. We feel a little worse about it than we did before. if we had to rank them right. If we had to rank free agents in the next two draft classes or next two free agent classes, like you Har- ranked them. It's Harper, Arenado, Machado for me. Harper, Arenado, Rendon, Machado. I think. Well, look, this is we're getting into a Rendon costs 120 million and Machado costs 300 million or whatever type oh, of I'd thing. Take, I'd take Rendon. R- that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if we're talking, yep. I'm talking pure player. I will take Machado in terms of what it would cost. I think Rendon will probably be a better deal. Uh, from Joe Cornick, if you had to bet a hundred dollars on one player being the opening day starter at one position next year, besides Nola at pitching and Hoskins wherever, um, Alfaro at catcher, Cesar at second base, Kingery at shortstop, he's going Oduble in center field. Wow, which he says is crazy, really, since he uh, since he didn't even start an opening day this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the correct answer is is Jorge at catcher, right? I think that's the most likely. We've talked a lot about how it's really hard to look at this team and say oh, they're going to be there at that position. I still think that Carlos Santana will be at first base next year. He might not. Um, you know, obviously Hoskins, we don't know left field, first base. You know that Reese Hoskins will be in the starting lineup. I am pretty sure that Carlos Santana will be in the starting lineup. I think if I had to bet on a player in a position, though, and look, because we don't know with Cesar, I would, you know, as of right now, you'd guess he's Probably back, but he might not be. I could see them wanting to put Kingery at short. You could see Kinger, I mean, at second. You could see Kingery at short. There's a lot all over the place, especially if we're talking about adding an outfielder, potentially, if they do sign Harper. So I'll say Alfaro at catcher. I'll say, uh, I'll say Santana at third base. Ooh, I love it. Bang. Love it. Bang. Uh, from JT, uh, which of the final two organizations would you want the Phillies to uh, to, to model after? I know they're both analytically driven, um, but they are slightly different in their approaches and philosophies. Dodgers use matchups. Boston uses set roles. It's a really great question. And I think, um, look, I think it's all talent dependent. It's a really hard thing to to say. And I mean, both have built their organization with a lot of, I mean, you look at that. I mean, other than J.D. Martinez, you look at, like you said, Devers, Betts, Bogart. I mean, they have developed yep. some Talent, man, like some high end Ben Attendee. Like these are all guys who came up through their system. Yep. Uh, the Dodgers, it, you look at guys like Chris Taylor, Max Muncie, they have an ability to find these gems out of nowhere who no one sees coming. So it's a really different kind of way of building things, but well, both and it's, have and developed it's, guys. And it's two completely different offensive approaches. Yeah, big time. Whereas the the Dodgers are patient and, and will work, grind out pitchers and all that fun stuff. Whereas the Red Sox are, we're going to attack. Yeah, we're, look, in a, in a basic sense, I'd rather be the Red Sox than the Dodgers. 
I think that I'd rather have talented guys who I'm going to put in my lineup and play every day because I know those guys are awesome and I want them playing every day. Yeah, and for as much as I I do believe in that, you know, you're a baseball player, you can go out and play different positions and, and it won't affect you at the plate. There is something to knowing where you're going to be all day, mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like I prefer, I prefer the Red Sox style of see your pitch, hit your pitch. Yep, because I, I agree with you. And I and this is going to be this is my main take for the, Ooh, for the day. They, oh, 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 main take of the day here. Yes, yeah, this so is I, a big deal. And folks. what makes me mad is that I've been squatting on this for like a week, and I haven't been able to talk about it because I've been done a podcast in a while. Um, is that I'm worried that the Phillies are are. They got into the the uh, their offensive approach too late. Like I think I think offense and baseball is changing right in front of our eyes, and I think you're seeing it with teams like the Indians, the Astros, the Rays, the Red Sox, where they used to be this patient, grind you out, um, and then try to get to the bullpen kind of kind of offense. And this year they all flipped and they turn into aggressive, and we're going to hunt pitches and attack and and drive the ball in the gaps and stuff. And I know the Phillies. The Phillies are much like the Dodgers. Like the, the basically the Phillies are the AAA Dodgers. They have guys playing all over the field. They will wait you out, and they're all about launch. And they're trying to launch everything. And I understand how great launch angle is, and how it's led to breakouts to guys like Justin Turner and, or and Max Muncy. We just mentioned Max Muncy, sure. Cody Bellinger, uh, Jock Peterson, Yasmani Grandal. Like these guys are all launch guys. But I think pitching has advanced so much to a point to where. They know how to get out launch angle guys, and it's fastballs up in the zone, and it's and it's sliders down in like or sliders all over the place. Like I just think that pitching has gotten so advanced to a point to where that offensive approach is going to be played out. I think in a few years, and like watching the watching the Dodgers all all loss, all, all postseason, and watching the Yankees as well because the Yankees are the same kind of thing. I was, it felt like I was watching the Phillies all yep. over again, where it was like a with freak, better hitters, like a freaking pop up. Like it's just it, um, like the, the two strike approach. Like I understand strikeouts don't matter as much, but the but the Red Sox and Astros are trying to put the ball in play with two strikes. They're trying to like like I think almost that the Phillies might have been too late going to this offensive approach, and I'm worried that it's going to be played out by the time that they get these star players in. Here. I think it's a really fascinating take. I think a few things about it. One, I think part of the wisdom that led to this kind of movement in baseball from an offensive perspective was the idea that you want to get into bullpens and and tear apart through bullpens. We're also starting to see, I mean, look, as as more pitchers come up and and bullpens become more specialized, bullpen pitchers are really good now. I mean, it's tough. You don't always want to get to a bullpen. You can match up guys against particular guys who are, are perfect for their strengths and vice versa. So... I think that's an interesting angle on this. Yeah. I think more so I am a a big believer in the idea of not doing something so much to like, what's the spite your thumb phrase, that phrase about this in the sense that like you can't be so committed to an offensive approach that might not work for all your players. We talked about it a ton with Scott Kingery this year. Yep. There are certain guys who... To be successful, they need to go up and swing the bat. They need to go up and do what they do. If they see a pitch they want to hit, they need to be able to go after that that hit. I think it is way more important to tailor your approach around your talent. Tailor your approach around particular guys. Not everyone on the team has to approach things this way just because that's the way we do it. Yeah, and I think 
when I when I've watched the Dodgers and hopefully the Phillies get to a point where their offense is on paper as good as, as good as the Dodgers or even the Yankees, I've been frustrated watching them because it's hard for that type of offensive approach to like break out of a slump. Like it's cause absolutely it, because, we saw it all year because it's it's all about it's all about home, you need runs. home runs and if you don't have home runs like there's just nothing there's there. no stringing together an inning you know like a, a single here a walk there another single another double like that we don't see that with this Phillies team and I think that's hard I I just I feel like that that part of the game that this, this that was what Boston did, other than the Nunez home run that was what Boston did last night that's what they did that first inning double single boom run quick like just getting like nibbling at Kershaw single run you know what I mean like that type of stuff we don't see that nearly enough I know and I I, I just my main worry is that the, the, they're behind and they they got this offensive approach as it's being phased out of baseball and they they just fired all these hitting coaches yeah they fired all these guys and they seem like they're really committing organizationally to it, committing which I'm worried about I think that is a fair take it's something to monitor and more importantly look we need them to be able to adjust if it's not working I think that's the big key is is not committing so full force that if it's not working, we're still going to do it just because that's what we do. Yep. That's where teams fail. And obviously, if they get better players, it doesn't really matter. Uh, of course. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that one. But I will say, like, watching their guys in the postseason seems like they struggle more. Uh, and I'm watching the Yankees and Dodgers. It's like they struggle a lot mm-hmm. when, when things get tough. Okay. Um, from Adam Arnold, um, what changes do you expect from Capital this year in terms of defensive shifts? Uh, what prospects could come up this year? Will they help the defense? Look, I don't. I mean, defensive shifts. That's an unanswerable question. I, I would assume, knowing how detail oriented and numbers oriented this team is, that they are going to sift through a ton of data from this season. They're going to look at their pitchers. They're going to look at Nola. They're going to look at Arietta. They're going to look at Pavetta. The guys they expect to be a part of that rotation next year, and they're going to say, "All right, what were the tendencies? What happened? What happened versus this type hitter? What happened versus that type hitter?" There's going to be a lot of data analysis here, and I think they're going to base their shifts off that. Right? I mean, that's what we've seen from this organization. They're going to look at the numbers. What does the numbers tell them to do? That's what they're going to do. Yeah, and their shifts. Uh, I know that they were bad for the first like three months of the season, um, and I think they must have changed their their uh, algorithm because they were. They were league average the rest of the year. Much better, yeah. And it was weird because uh, there was a quote earlier in the season where, like, they were basing their defensive shifts off of the last their the uh, batter's last like thirty at bats or something. That's insane. Which is which is like a really small sample Why size. Why would they do that? Yeah, it didn't make any sense. I don't even. I'm not sure I believe that. And that's so silly. Like, you're data analysts. Like, you're gonna look at thirty a thirty bat sample size. I mean, yeah, that was- is like. It was really small. atrocious. So, like, uh, it's not they're going to stop shifting. Like, right. Kapler would never do that. No one in baseball is right. So, unless, they're, unless Rob Manfred says, "Hey, you can't shift anymore." Right. That's the only way they're stopping. What do you think about what do you think about limiting pitching changes? I, I love it. I've said this for a long time. I I I absolutely have no problem with limiting pitching changes. I think it's important for the game the way we're headed. I like it. I, I used to hate it, but I like it. And, and so you're a big National League DH strategy guy. Like, how much strategy is it if you say, hey, you got six pitchers? That's where you can use this game. However you want to use them, use them, but you got six pitchers. I know. That, I mean, that's fascinating, right? Like, what? A, and of course, you, you, extra innings, you account for that. You say you can add a pitcher, two pitchers, whatever it is, or unlimited in extra innings, whatever you want to do. But I think that would add so much interest to the game, to the strategy, and it would really help the game from a enjoyable to watch perspective yep and another thing i i I'm starting to come around on I, I used to hate the idea of a pitch clock because like it just pitchers is just very mental and, yeah. and all that stuff yeah um but when i watch minor league baseball they have no problem just just taking the ball and going and it really like last night so last night was like a three hour 40 some minute game i think 
Uh, Jeff Passan said that if they instituted a 20-second pitch clock, it would have shed 20 minutes off of game time. That's massive. I mean, that's a big deal. It I, is a big deal. I, I, look, I've always been pro-pitch clock, too, because I'm not a pitcher well, like Well, 20 you. seconds is fine. Yeah, look. You yeah. just can't. You have to be on the same page with the catcher. Right. You have like, no time. Yeah. I, but again, I'm fine with any of that type of stuff that doesn't change the integrity of what the sport is. I'm all for yeah, and I, I just think you know the, the the pitching changes thing makes sense to me, and you don't need like it doesn't have to become so specialized that it just slows everything down. You shouldn't have three pitchers pitching an inning. You shouldn't have like that type of stuff. I it'll, mean, it'll change. I, I'm confident that baseball is going to look. Change. Rob Manford wants it to change. He'll find a way. Uh, any prospects coming up next year? I mean, it's going to be mostly pitching guys. I mean, uh, like f- like hitting wise. Off the top of my head, I mean, like you, Hazley. Hazley's really the only name that comes to mind. Only exciting one, or at least, yeah, anyone who's going to really help. I mean, there's no one super Jose exciting Pujols. right now. Jose I like Jose Pujols. I, hope yeah. they, I hope they protect him on the forty man. Although I did read a story about my my boy Joey Manessis. They're probably not going to protect him on oh, the forty no. man. I know. So whoever goes to next, he's is getting... the most important person on the freaking team. <laughs> Some would say. <laughs> Some. Some would say. Um, from BC at trip to the mound. Does watching the Dodgers in the playoffs remind you of the 2018 Phillies, or is it just me? Adherence to the data over over gut at times, pulling bias in favor of Wood, musical chairs, defensive positioning, results in worse overall run prevention. That said, it got them this far. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, they're very sim- Look, Kapler yeah. came from the Dodgers. Right. Uh, they're very similar in the way they go about their business. The Dodgers just have better players. That's <laughs> a big takeaway there. <clears throat> All right, from uh, from Casey Young. Which free agent should the Phillies uh, target under $15 million AAV? It's a great question. There aren't a ton of the guys in that range who get you excited. We mentioned, uh, um, who do we mention before? Um, we mentioned a pitcher before who could be in that general range. Garrett? Garrett, yeah. Charlie Morton. I'm sorry, yeah. Charlie Morton's an interesting name in yep. that range for me. I, I Look, they loved him before. They brought him in. Didn't work out. He's shown that he can pitch some injury issues. I like Charlie Morton a little bit. Eovaldi was the name you mentioned. Mm. He's going to be in that range. Um, I got a name for you. Ooh, fired at me. What do you think about Jed Lowry? Sure. Jed Lowry can play multiple positions. Multiple positions. Coming off his best year of his career at 33 or 34 35. whatever. 35. 35. So you don't love that. But I think he's a fine utility type. Look, if you want, if you want Jed Lowry to be your Estrubo Cabrera this year or something like that, yeah, I'm totally okay. And if with you that. move on from Franco, you can play from some third base. If Obviously, you don't get the injury Machado. issues and all that. But that's that's something. Um, I think that's an interesting name. Uh, if you lose out on Harper, I, you know, look, AJ Pollock is out there. I think he probably gets <sighs> no. a little more than that. But the injuries, no, 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 no. no. But I think no he gets interest in AJ Pollock. More than that, well, AJ Pollock's such a good player when he's healthy. Yeah, man. that's the, and then you lose him for two months. It's great. I know. I know. Marwin, we mentioned. He yeah, play but a bunch like Marwin, I'm not a big Marwin fan personally. He had a but, bad offensive season. He can, yeah. I know he can play everywhere, and, and Jose Altuve has said he's a better second baseman than him. Um, but I think, I think, I think this playoffs he got exposed, and he can't hang off a curveball. Um, I mean, look uh, in that general range, Charlie uh, J J Hap probably has a year or two left. He's going to be in that range. You get him for a one, two-year deal. I don't. What do you think? I don't hate it. Um, so I know a lot of people in this town are like, "Well, I would love to bring back Wilson Ramos." I don't want to bring back Wilson Ramos because I want to go after Yasmani Grandal. Ooh, and, I don't know if Dodgers fans will. Let, oh wait, no, they're totally fine with that. Never mind. I don't care. I like. Li- no, listen, I'm, with you. I'm, I'm joking. I don't obviously. care that he's had a terrible defensive offseason or postseason. I think he's a good defensive catcher. He's a, he's a great defensive catcher, and he catcher. fits exactly what their profile is. Yeah. He's younger, switch hitter, all yeah. that stuff. And I don't think. Again, I mean, the Dodgers played Austin Barnes and him together a lot. It could be the same thing here with Alfaro. 
Um, I like Grandal. I would rather have Grandal than Wilson Ramos, who I think should just go to an AL team and be a DH slash part time catcher. Yeah, Wilson Ramos is just too infuriating. Like you just don't know when he could play and all that stuff. But and also, I have no interest in Andrew Knapp. I don't want to watch Andrew Knapp ever, never ever again, see, ever in my life. Look, Grandal's a nice player. I think Grandal will probably someone will pay him to be there every day, all the time catcher. And I think if you're coming here, look, I don't think they're going to just throw Alfaro. No, they never out. would. Exactly. So. Um, I look, I really like it. And look, it might be one of those things where the market plays out that way and you can get him for a one-year deal or something. Sure. Mm, I think he'll probably get 30. I'm guessing. I'm just saying, like, that's the only way I see the Phillies being in on Yasmani Grandel. Yeah. it's Either way, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It's going to be great. And there's a lot of interesting names, you know, guys, Brian Dozier. I, I don't really want Brian Dozier, no. but those are the types of names. Like, there are guys out there who people know, but um, I'm with you. I'm Jed. AJ Pollock than you are. Leonis Martin as a as an extra a great outfielder. Year. Yeah, I look. I, you know, they're guys. They're guys. But I think the fifteen million AV under um, is. It's hard to to focus on those. Do you know what happens with the over guys, the Bryce Harpers and whatnot? Right. As uh, that's the real real heart of what we're trying to do here this offseason. Yes, but however, I think Jed Lowry would be a very good addition. I would too. Uh, look, he's a good player. He's played been been in the league forever. He plays multiple positions. I. I don't hate Jed Lowry at all. Um, I'm fine with it. Um, all right, everybody, please, please listen to Jack Fritz. <laughs> Six o'clock, Halloween. You're not gonna have. You're not gonna do trick or treat. Instead of playing Halloween music, play WIP. I love that. Play Jack Fritz. He'll sing to you. We nope. just found out that sure seven won't. solos. Yes, a lot of solos. Drops of Jupiter. I'll be coming. home for Christmas. All those solos. Drops Great of ones. Jupiter. Yeah. That's Could what would turn the, the chairs voice. around in the voice. <laughs> Is that train? Is that train? Yeah, it's train. Big train guy? Mm, no. Nah. Yeah. That they're, song's fire, though. They're terrible. Well, they have they have like three good songs. Yeah. They, I don't know. But, Meet Virginia? <laughs> yeah, no. Come on, man. No. It's a song of a whole I just want to hear you sing Drops of Jupiter now. Like I, I, I know, but it's all I want now. It It's the only thing I want. If we get to 100 reviews. Oh! We're, oh, we're at, people. We're at Do you nine, hear this? We're at 92. If we get to 100 reviews, I will sing the chorus of Drops of Jupiter. Oh, my God. All right, so now we don't have a choice. Please, rate and review the podcast, if for no other reason than to hear this performance that would make CeeLo Green and whoever else is on The Voice turn their chair. Blake Shelton? I don't even know if he's on The Voice anymore. I don't think but... he is. I think that he was done in like season two. Yeah, well, when I think of The Voice, I think of CeeLo Green. How okay. about that? All right. Any final thoughts for it, T? Uh, Socks and five, and... But again, Boston. It's just you. You love to see the city get yeah, another championship. You know, I just, I just think about those, you know, <laughs> those like fifteen-year-old kids or twenty-year-old kids who just who don't know any other life but titles, the worst titles kids. and titles. I hate those kids, and I just hate Boston in general. Like Boston is what I want Philadelphia to be. Like they're smart, they're innovative, and it's just like, oh come on, look, look at this Boston what? kneecap sucking. Oh, I love them. God, they're a, bunch of, they're a bunch of stuck-up assholes They are, there. because they've won so much. Oh, that could be God. us. We're going to be yeah. miserable all the time. Yeah. Wanting yeah. to fire every coach. Rate and review the podcast so we can hear drops <laughs> of Jupiter. Uh, screw Boston. I hope they lose. You can lose. screw Boston all you want, but that's what you want in Philadelphia to be, sports-wise. Sports-wise, yes. Otherwise, no. Well, well, I don't, just care, stuck about the, up I don't care about the up culture there. of Boston. Right. I care about their sports teams. Well, I can agree with that. I would love to have double-digit championships yes. over a decade. And forward-thinking franchises. Uh, all right. Rate and review the podcast for Drops of Jupiter for Jack Fritz. Again, listen to Jack Fritz. Halloween. It's going to be awesome.